I think the times are right for all this stuff to happen, you know? In 1990, when I first got to D.C., the first question that somebody came to me, what do you think about the name? I'm like, oh, wait, wait, I just got here. What the hell are you talking about? And the guy was like, well, the name is a fact. I said, listen, what people need to do is sit down, have a serious adult conversation, and come up with some type of solution. Mm-hmm. I said that since 1990. Finally, they're having that serious adult conversation. Step into the mic today. Chris Miles here with you, Dino Campbell, and our Redskins Ring of Fame guy, Brian Mitchell. And Brian, when I say Ring of Fame, I say Redskins before that now, but in the future, mm-hmm. it seems like it could be Red Tails. It seems like it could be Red Hawks. <laughs> it seems like it could be Valor, Generals, Americans, all of these names being thrown out for the Washington Redskins. But you were telling us that as soon as you join this team, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. the first questions you got were about the name change. So why do you think now is the time that it's likely to happen? Well, Chris, I'll say this. Back in 1990, I was asked that question as a 21, 22-year-old young man. And I made the comment that I believe that you need to get people sitting down having an educated adult conversation. And I think when you're a mature, educated adult conversation, and when you do that, you can come up with solutions. But what I think has transpired over these last 30 years is that people have put, put themselves in positions to try to make themselves right. And ultimately, when you look at the, the, the word and you look at the history of it, uh, I'm sh- yes, is there are some people that say, oh, it doesn't bother me. Some people say, yes, it does bother me. And I think when people say it bothers them, then that's the fact you have to start working with. And I believe now they're finally having that adult, educated, uh, uh, serious conversation to where maybe something is going to come out of this. And I, we've heard that Dan, uh, he stated that he wants to do something that's going to show honor towards the military and the uh, Native Americans here. So hopefully they go out there and do that. And I believe Ron Rivera's influence has had a lot to do with it as well. Man, the last thing you just said there has several follow-up questions to go. So I'm going to take a step back first because the Ron Rivera thing seems to be getting uh, mixed reviews from the fan base, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But when Mm -hmm. I look at the names, I had to look at other teams that changed from Redskins. And the one that stood out to me was the Miami uh, University of Ohio. They were the Redskins, and in 1997, they changed Red Hawks. You look at St. John's. They Mm -hmm. were the Red Men. They changed the Red Storm in 1995. I mean, you're talking 25 years ago for these colleges and universities to make this change, but yet the Redskins have held up all of this time. So I point to the founder of FedEx, Fred Smith, and Mm -hmm. there was a report from Pro Football Talk saying that yeah, he's tried to sell his shares in a team several times and hasn't been able to find anyone interest, interested. And the main mm-hmm. thing that he points to is the stigma that comes with the team name. So now we follow the money and we see that. So how much mm-hmm. of a factor do you think that's playing in to all of this noise we're hearing about FedEx, Pepsi, and Nike, and now being the time? Because yeah, the, the uproar has been there, but now you can follow the money. Well, the uproar has been there, but I'll say this, okay? It wasn't just Dan Snyder because Jack King Cook was doing the same thing when he owned the team. And this is, uh, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier, and they told me it's a brand. And it's kind of hard to go away from your brand, per se. But now, when you look at the climate, we look at the current climate, I feel that it was, I, I made my comment on Wednesday and Thursday on the radio show that 
it's inevitable that something is going to happen and this name is going to change. And then when you look at all of those uh, other people who are now, in a, in a way, putting their chests out, FedEx, they weren't complaining before. None of these other places were complaining before. But when that $620 billion group started to complain to them and everybody else, the pressure is coming from all different directions. And ultimately, let, let, let's be real, okay? We can sit up here and make things as moral as we want. But you have to give people respect for finally having the courage to make the change. But ultimately, it's about green. And that green started to affect, you had investors and shareholders that were talking to FedEx, that were talking to Bank of America, Pepsi, and all those different people. Then they were trying to put the pressure on the skin. You see what I'm saying? So the money played a, uh, played a role in all of it. But I think when cooler heads start to prevail and you say, let us sit down and, and think about this thing just a little bit. I think, you know, listen, as I look at it, you know, I believe in trying to follow money, okay? And I believe that if you change it, people that say, oh, I'm never going to cheer for the team, they're lying. Because mm-hmm. you don't cheer for a name. You cheer for a franchise. You cheer for players. You cheer for what they show you, what they give you. And if this team changes their name and they start winning, I'd be damned if I'm not going to be there cheering for them. And whatever, if they keep the same color scheme, that's fine with me. If they change it, I'll be buying the new stuff just like everybody else will be. Well, bottom line is, look, I think we, we can go back to George Floyd's daughter who made the statement, Daddy, you're going to change the world. Because with the protests that have been going on now for a month or so, the, the thing that has intrigued me or the thing that I think is absolutely wonderful is as you watch the protests, you see the, the racial makeup of the protests. And yeah. we go back and, and that's where we start talking about tying things into the money. The folks at FedEx, the folks at Pepsi see the racial me- makeup of these mm-hmm. protests. They see that it's not 95% black and 5% white. They see that it's in a lot of places 50-50 and other places it's 40, 60 more white folks than black yes. folks at these mm-hmm. protests. So I want to, you know, give me your thoughts on that because I mean, we could talk about money forever. We can go all the way back to when you first came here in 1990. It was about the money then. But yeah. now there's a movement in the country and the folks, the, the, the white folks are on board with them. I think that's a, a lot of it as well. And I think you go back to when uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was, was fighting back then. Yeah. And you saw the racial makeup then. They yeah. were able to get things moving because someone from the other side, those people were crossing in. And yeah. I, I hear I hear a lot of our people a lot of times saying, we could just do everything ourselves. No, we can't. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to need some type of partnership and help to be able to get that done. And I think when you turn on the TV, it makes people open their eyes. Because when, when, when it's just us complaining and us saying things, they can easily write it off as, oh, that's just them complaining again. But when it's us and you have others around it, and also we are educating ourselves on different aspects of how to make sure we can make change. And I'll say this here. We can't stop on just the sports things and other stuff like that. We got to go to the polls and change that too and begin to put the right people in office. So when they see that movement start to happen and you look at the influence of people, see, people bring money. And when you have millions of people, that's billions of dollars. So when you begin to see that effect, all of a sudden things begin to change. And listen, if you want to have, have things change in this world, you make sure you, 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 you have a good plan and then you, you attack. And when you plan that, if you have a good plan and you attack, things change quickly. And I will tell you, when, that, when I read that, that, that uh, little deal that morning, I woke up Wednesday, and it said these investors and shareholders. And when I saw that $620 b- b- billion dollars, 
I said, oh, yeah, something's going to change now. <laughs> well, let's, let's kind of skirt off into another issue real quick. Um, being a high school football coach, we had a huge meeting a week ago today with a trainer, AD, et cetera, on the protocols for our kids getting back on the field in, in, in conjunction with COVID. Give me, do you have any, any information you've heard, any other scuttlebutt that's going around with the NFL, any of your inside sources that you talk to? Obviously, you don't have to name anybody if you don't want. What, what, what's going on with the NFL in reference to how, when they're going to get back on the field, the protocols that may be put in place, things that you've, that you've heard? Well, I talked with Troy Vincent on, on my show like a few weeks ago, and he said that they're going full speed ahead, but let's understand, they're going full speed ahead, but he said things are constantly changing. And I really believe that in my what is this is my opinion. I believe they're looking at the NHL more than they're looking at anything else. Basketball, yeah, you know, baseball, that's there, but the NHL is the closest thing to football. They have contact, but they also look at the fact that the NHL is indoors. You no, know, the NFL is outside, and I think if the NHL can pull it off, the NFL is going to believe that they can as well. But I look at fifty plus guys per team. You know, when you start getting all those people together and the thing about having uh, trying to get control of, the, of this uh, pandemic, it's not just about the people that are playing. It's about the people that are coming inside that bubble over and over again from different places. How do you monitor them? How do you keep those guys tested up and making sure things are not wrong? Because looking at the stuff that's mostly going down in Orlando, you know, everybody talks about, oh, the basketball players are going to be tested all the time. They got multiple tests. But what about the people that are cooking their food in the hotel? What about the hotel workers? What about the bus drivers? All those people have yet to monitor them as well. And we all know when you have that many people, there's no way you can 100% monitor everybody. So as uh, Dr. Fauci stated uh, long ago, you know, we gonna, we, we're not going to do anything, but the, the virus is going to tell you when you can do something. So we'll, we'll see how it happens. If, if, it can, if, if people start listening, you know, and these numbers go down, maybe you can get whatever you want. But the mere fact that nobody wants to listen is a, is a, is a reason we're in the position we are now where other places are starting to close down again because people didn't listen. Yeah, B. Mitch, it's interesting that you mentioned um, why it took so long for the NBA to even have a plan because they had everything set. And then the players were like, well, if we can't leave campus, but you have all these employees that are going home to this area there that's heavily we're not signing this. So it took them an extra three weeks to agree. And for the Disney employees to say, okay, we'll take more money to be quarantined as well. So that was a major, that was like the final sticking point yeah. before they could even agree to come back and play. So, I mean, to have one place and for that to still be in jeopardy, it does give mm -hmm. the indication that all sports uh, will be in jeopardy, but B Mitch. Oh, they are. To, yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, but getting back to these Redskins, in a sense of the reported three minority owners of the team that have 40% stake. And the report is that they said, look, if Daniel Snyder is not out, then we're all selling our stake in the company as well. Um, man, the implications of that are so deep. But for you, you've had interactions with Daniel Snyder. Yeah. Most of us have not. So is, does he get a bad rap? What kind of person – is Daniel Snyder uh, compared to his public perception? Well, to be totally honest with you, uh, I think when you talk to him himself, you find out that the guy is totally different than what the public perception is. And, and what I've seen over and over again is that his, 
the people around him and other people around him have set up there and basically they've gone out and they have sp- they're spoken for him. And I believe, this is my belief, that a lot of people that were around him, they kept people away from him so they won't find out all the truth about how things were going on, about them, how they were handling things. Because Bruce, Vinny, you look at those type of guys, and those guys were trying to make sure they could promote themselves and position themselves in a certain uh, way. But I, I've always felt that if Dan spoke for himself, the guy is engaging, you know, he's entertaining. If he were to speak for himself, I really believe that people would see something totally different. But for some reason, somebody has told him, you know, let them do it, let them do it. Just like you, you've been around PR people. And I've, I had the question with mine with one time. I say, what, who makes who? Does the PR person make me or do I make the PR person? And she said, well, you got to have great PR. I said, you give Mike, Michael Jordan could get anybody he wants to be his PR guy. He's going to still sell. LeBron James, same thing. But I guarantee you, you can't take anybody up the street, take the best PR person, and they make them into those type of guys. So I think sometimes we get the rap where we, the, the, the companies put themselves in a position so they can look better. When, and then the players, I mean, the, the, the owner, the players, and other people suffer because of it. Yeah, when you say PR people getting in the way, I always think of RG3. I mean, here was a guy with, with talent, but it always felt like the PR came first exactly. before the football. I mean, that's the person mm-hmm. I think of uh, when you say that. All right, you want let's have some fun here, B. Mitch. So uh, right. on my on my radio show the other day, I had a bunch of people call in and give wrong names only for Redskins names, right? As a, as a new replacement. So I got a top mm-hmm. ten. And all I want from you is I'm going to say the name and you go, nah, that's not funny. Or, all right, that's good. So just give me a a quick answer. I'm going to go, okay? Um, The Washington Marion Berries. Nah. (laughs) Dino laughed at that one. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) DC Corruption. No. That brings negativity to it. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of negative ones. There's a lot of negative ones. And then this one guy called, he said, the redskin potatoes. You keep redskin, but then you kind of make it not about people. <laughs> Can you imagine the guys running around with some potatoes on their head? What they be called? The Washington potato heads? No, nah, we're not going with that. <laughs> I think one you might like. I got one you might like. The hostile hogs. That's got a flair. It got a little flair to it. Yeah. Yeah. At least that goes back to like some positive history. Exactly. Yeah. The good days. Yeah. Yeah. The Washington gridlock. Nah. Listen, we all hate the traffic. Why we want some gridlock? (laughs) (laughs) So when you say that, all right, the next name, I had it high on my list DC Mm -hmm. traffic. Because that just feels like the area. And instead of calling them Washington, whatever, DC traffic. (laughs) <laughs> hey, we, we will have a lot of uh, what you call it, uh, a road rage going on in the stadium if we had to call the DC traffic. <laughs> I'm gonna run through the next three quickly: DC swamp, Washington chaos, and Washington curse. You buying any of those? Nah, I think those you probably set it up to people give me the craziest thing because that's that's what that sounds like. But listen to me: there are a lot of names out there. Uh, I have somebody tell me the Washington natives. Okay, when you look at that, you know, what we say, Native Americans? Everybody say I'm a D.C. native. I'm from the DMV, all that type of stuff. I think that name can go over. You never know. But then again, the nation. You know, when you look at all, every, 
every reservation, whether it's the Seminole, the Iroquois, the Cherokee, I always have nation at the end. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's that level of respect when you're looking at the Indian population. But they say they also want to bring some type of uh, honor to the military. So that's where it gets a little tricky at. Yeah, I've heard the uh, the red tails be thrown in there, but then you get rid of the Native American history. But then you add, you, you you know you appeal to African Americans in D.C., which has a large African American population. The Tuskegee Airmen. You can have a flyby before every game. I mean that fits. But again, you don't want to lose the Native American see, history. In this thing right now, what we what we're trying to do is include people in every aspect mm -hmm. of society right now. And the last thing you want to do is name something that's going to ex exclude people. You know what I'm saying? Because if we want to move forward, just like Dr. King said, you know, he was basically talking about, you know, black supremacy is just as bad as white supremacy. We want to include people. And I think when you look at that, that's what we want to do. Try to include everybody and move forward and, and bring honor. And there are, listen, we have the Webster, Webster Dictionary. There are too many words out there that have positive meaning and positive influence to go out here and try to choose words that alienate people, we could figure out something good. And I believe that, you know, by having that adult, mature, uh, educated conversation with all the money involved right now, because let's, let's, let's understand the NFL was getting pressure as well. Mm -hmm. So with all that influence and money, they can come up with something great. Certainly. Well, this is just part one of our two part podcast with B Mitch. So uh, we're going to have you back on and we're going to run that second part another time. And we're going to add uh, our friend Andre Jones to the mix as well. So B Mitch, right. you know, thank you for stepping to the mic and part one of our podcast with you. All right, man. Take care. Part two is coming up next. <laughs>